On today's show, what would the 2015 NHL Draft's top 20 look like in a redraft? Find out today on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I am Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And today I will be breaking down the top 20 of the 2015 NHL draft if we were to redraft this class. Um, so I'll be breaking down that for you uh, with honorable mentions as well and breakdowns of each player's career so far. But before I get into any of that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and to follow along on your favorite podcasting platform every day and make us your first listen of the day. It's always much appreciated. So bef- so I'll so I'll get right into it here with the uh, honorable mentions that I wanted to discuss before we get into the top 20. Uh, we'll work our way up. Um, now, I wanted to mention first two excellent selections by the Edmonton Oilers um, that were outside of the, t- of the top three rounds. First, they selected Ethan Bear at 124th overall in the draft. Um, so that's a mention I wanted to, to, to add in here. And also they drafted John Marino at 154th overall. Obviously, they didn't manage that pick well and ended up trading him away for for bits. But this was an excellent pickup from them at 154. Their scouts definitely saw something interesting in Marino. After that, a couple other honorable mentions. Uh, Connor Garland, he was the 123rd overall pick in the 2015 draft by the Arizona Coyotes. He barely missed out on the top 20 here. Uh, so that speaks to the the amount of value that he added there at 123rd for um, the Coyotes. And then I also wanted to mention Dennis Gurionov of the Dallas Stars, who um, has had a pretty good career so far, a really good uh, defensive forward with some offensive value. I thought he deserved a mention. And finally, Dylan Strome, the third overall pick in the 2015 draft, uh, barely made, uh, barely missed a cut in the top 20. Um, so those are my five honorable mentions uh, for the top 20 of the 2015 draft. Now let's get right into pick number 20. For me, the 20th best prospect from the 2015 draft is Andrew Mangiapane uh, of the uh, Calgary Flames. He was drafted 166 overall in the 2015 draft. So, you know, very good late round value there from the Flames. He's an analytical darling. Um, he does a lot of the very good things. Um, the, the small details in his game are very uh, polished. And on top of that, he had a career year last season with 35 goals and 20 assists for 55 points in 82 games. Um, he's easily the most intense and relentless forechecker in this draft. Uh, he does, again, so many little things right. Not even, not just on the forecheck, but in possession of the puck as well. He's an excellent carrier, um, keeps his hips open and, and faces the play mo- most of the time. He just dictates play extremely well with the puck as well. And, and he's a good finisher and tight, um, goes to the dangerous areas, uh, puts his nose in, in those dangerous spots and, and digs out the puck when necessary. Just an overall very, um, very good player. So that's my 20th pick at 19th. Overall, we've got the 148th overall pick of the 2015 draft. And that's Troy Terry of the Anaheim ducks. 
Now, he took some time to hit a stride, but he had a career year last season as well with 37 goals and 30 assists for 67 points in 75 games. And this year, he's got six goals and 19 points. He's on pace for a 98-point uh, season this year uh, through 16 games so far. First, he's got a tremendous release. I think that was obvious. Um, the moment he created chemistry with Trevor Zegras, he was his main finisher on his line. He's got outstanding pace and vision to his game, finds soft ice extremely well. Um, you know, his chemistry with Zegras has definitely helped his game, but I think, I, I, you know, in isolation, he still does an excellent job. Uh, I was hesitant to ha- rank him higher. I think he could have gone higher um, in a redraft, but I was kind of hesitant on that because of the inconsistent track record. But if he, he if he can keep up what he's been doing over this the past year and a half, he's going to rocket up these rankings pretty quickly. For the 18th selection in the 2015 draft, um, we've got the 20th overall pick in the original draft, and that's Joel Eriksson Ek of the Minnesota Wild. He's an excellent shutdown forward. Um, just a great matchup center who can neutralize any offensive threat. You can put him up against any line. It'll do a great job of, of shutting them down and making sure that they don't get on the score sheet. He's, a, he's got great defensive positioning, great face-off value. Now, he hasn't cracked 50 points so far. His, his career high is 49 points in 77 games, but he's on pace for a 52-point season this year if he keeps this up. So as long as he stays healthy and plays a full season, he might make it this year. And then in this in the 17th position in a 2015 redraft, I've got Anthony Sorelli of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was drafted 72nd overall originally in the 2015 draft. And this is another great shutdown center here, probably one of the best shutdown centers in the league. Um, he can contribute offensively as well. He's got great defensive positioning. Um, he can center any line. You can put him with any wingers, really, and, and make it work. Um, he had a career high of 44 points in 68 games in 2019-2020. He hasn't really hit that stride yet or improved upon that, and he's been injured this year, so he hasn't played yet for the Lightning. But I, I see a lot of promise in Sorelli's game, and I think he offers more defensive value than Erickson Eck uh, with about similar offensive upside. So that was sort of the, the, the deal breaker for me is I think Sorelli's a bit better than him defensively um, and in terms of versatility. Then the 16th overall pick in the redraft, who um, was originally the 24th overall pick in 2015 from the Philadelphia Flyers, that's Travis Konechny. He's actually eighth in the 2015 class for career points. He's got 290 points, 444 games so far in his career. He's a just a dog-nosed pest of a forward who can play center. He can play wing. Um, he reached a career high of 61 points in 66 games in 2019-2020, but he's on pace to shred that record entirely this year. He's got seven goals, 12 assists, and 19 points uh, in 16 games so far. For this year's Philadelphia Flyers, that's outstanding, and that's a 98-point pace for him. So he's been doing pretty good so far. Uh, moving on from uh, Travis Konechny, we go to the 15th overall pick in the draft, and that would be Noah Hannafin, who was the fifth overall pick in the original draft. He is a reliable two-way defenseman who you can put into any top four and just get great results from him. He's not as high-end offensively as the other defensemen who were ahead of him, but he's just a consistent defensively and, and very dependable as a defenseman. He had a career high of 48 points in 81 games last season, and Fun fact about Hannafin, he actually has the most games played of any 2015 draftee with 531. So yes, he's played more games than Connor McDavid in his career so far. Um, so he's going to play a lot of games for you in in any lineup. You just you know you just plug him into any top four and any on any team, and you would be able to drive good results. 
Um, so that's it for the for for picks twenty through fifteen in our honorable mentions. Uh, now I'm going to go through picks fourteen to ten in a bit more detail, give you a bit more information on um, why I've got them in this specific uh, order and why the players that are below them are below them. Uh, we're going to get to it right after these messages. Do you like betting? BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source for all of your sports wagering information. With live betting, so you can keep up with the bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so let's hop right back into the uh, redraft of the 2015 NHL draft. Now, uh, we ended it before the break with the 15th overall pick, which was Noah Hannafin. Um, now, the fact that Noah Hannafin is only the 15th best prospect in uh, the 2015 draft just talks to the depth of his class. This was genuinely um, the deepest draft in recent memory. And 2023 might just be on par with that based on the talent we've seen so far, especially in the top 10. Um, you'll see later on, but the top 10 of this draft is just incredibly deep. Um, it's either first line or first pair players. Um throughout the top 10 um, and, and even, you know, some of the players I'm just about to mention between 14 and, and 10 um, are just extremely solid players who could play on a top line who deserve to play on a top line. Cause that really speaks to the amount of talent that was in this 2015 class. And that's mainly why I wanted to do this exercise and break this down for you. So let's hop right into it. Uh, the 14th overall pick in the uh, 2015 NHL draft was actually the 23rd overall pick of the original draft. And that is Brock Besser. Uh, of the Vancouver Canucks. Now, this is just a lethal shooter with a big body and some pace. Um, you know, he, he doesn't offer much playmaking value. Uh, he's mainly a goal scorer or a finisher, but he just does what he does great. Um, he hasn't stayed healthy enough for a full NHL season so far, and he hasn't cracked um, 30 goals because of that, but he's in the he's money in the back for 30 if he does stay healthy a full season. Um, his career highs, uh, 29 goals. Uh, he did that in about 69 games um, early on in his career. So this is the type of player who could er easily score 30 if he stays healthy. Now, he hasn't scored a goal yet this year for the Canucks. The Canucks have been doing awful. And despite that, he's still got nine assists in 11 games, uh, which would actually be the, you know, if he keeps up that pace, would actually be the highest point per game pace of his career um, so far. So that's really it for Brock Besser for me. He just outshines Hannafin slightly because I see in Hannafin um, top four value across a player who can, um, you know, plug into your your number three, number four spot on any team and do a good job. But for me, Besser has the value to play on a top line um, and and has that that level of of lethal scoring that just you know it. it goal scoring is the toughest thing you can do in the NHL and the fact that Besser can do it so consistently um, and do it so well that to me just offers a bit higher value than Hannafin but it was very tight between those two moving on from Besser the 13th overall selection in this redraft is uh, Timo Meyer, the ninth overall pick in the 2015 draft of the San Jose Sharks 
Now, what I love about Meyer is just an old school power forward who could just he just consistently drives results year after year, and he just attacks the net relentlessly. Um, he had a career high of thirty five goals and forty one points for seventy six points in seventy seven games last year for the for the San Jose Sharks, and he's on pace for thirty six goals and sixty eight points this year. So he's on pace for his highest goal scoring career year so far. So you know what. Meyer offers more than Besser is just that power forward value. I mean, they're both about the same size, but Meyer just has a lot more strength and intensity to his game. And he's also able to distribute pretty well and, and complement his teammates. Um, you know, instead of being the main goal driver on his, on his line, you can also distribute the puck or create space for his teammates by driving the net, stuff like that. So he just edges out Brock Besser for me. Um, and the fact that he just he's able to put up a point per game pace. Um, you know, he he almost did it last year, is one point shy of a point per game pace. And I think if he had stayed healthy a full season, he probably would have gotten to a point per game. Um, but for me, really, Meyer is is the type of player who can put on any line and he'll succeed. So that's what I really love about Timo Meyer. Moving on from the 13th pick to the 12th, um, the 12th overall pick in this redraft is the original 7th overall pick in 2015 of the Philadelphia Flyers, and that's Ivan Provorov. So Provorov, for me, is one of the most valuable two-way defensemen in this draft. There's exactly two defensemen that are ahead of him who I'm going to mention very soon. Um, but for me, in terms of two-way defensemen, he's just an, he's just so dependable, so good off the rush in terms of defending. He can contribute offensively as well, but he'll mainly give you a bit of everything and, and excel defensively for you. Uh, he had a career high of 17 goals and 24 points and 24 assists for 41 points in 82 games in 2017-2018. He hasn't really reached anything higher or similar to that since then but he remains one of the most dependable defensive players in the from the 2015 draft class. Um, so that's why he, he's so high in these rankings, 12th overall. I think I could even have squeezed him higher, but higher than the next player. Um, him, and, him and the next player were pretty tight, um, and he easily could have gone ahead of him based on what you prefer in a player. I like offensive value for my defensemen, so that's why the 11th overall selection in the 2015 uh, redraft is Thomas Shabbat of the Ottawa Senators. Shabbat, Shabbat for me is just a high-end offensive defenseman. He's a power play quarterback. He's got 194 points on his career and 327 games played for the Ottawa Senators. Um, his career high was 55 points in 70 games in 2018-2019 for the Senators. Um, he's kind of uh, slowed down his production since then, but he remains one of the you know most dependable and most most played offensive defensemen in the NHL. Um, he was drafted 18th overall originally in the 2015 draft, which was much lower than he should have gone. I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2015, the Boston Bruins had picks 13, 14, and 15. They went for uh, Jake DeBrusque, Zach Senishin, and Jakob Zaboral. And the three picks after that, um, you know, we'll get to the, the first two in a second, but the third of those was Thomas Shabbat. But basically, the three picks after Boston um, selected those three players were three elite players, three high-end uh, players um, who ended up being tremendously valuable for their respective teams uh, and were able to uh, produce regularly, you know, decent results for their respective uh, organizations. Um, so that's it for Thomas Shabbat. Now, the 10th overall pick in the draft 
uh, was the 49th pick originally in the uh, 2015 draft from the Dallas Stars, and that's Rope Hintz. Now, this might seem a bit high for Hintz uh, since he doesn't have the most extensive track record or the most games played. But for me, um, you know, he's just so complete and consistent that he out- outranks the names below him, in my opinion. First, um, he had 43 points in 41 games in 2020-21, and now he's on pace. He- he's got, he had... So first he had 43 points in 41 games in 2020-2021. The next season, which was last year, he had 37 goals and 72 points in 80 games. And now this season he's he's got 20 points in 16 games, which is on pace for, for above 100. So his his progression over the last few years has been remarkable, especially in terms of goal scoring. But he's one of the most defensively reliable forwards. He's an analytical darling. He's a player who's going to give you more or less the same on every night. And, and you can depend on him and, and play him on any line. and It'll do great. So that really sums it up for the uh, picks 20 through 10. Now we're going to go into the top 10 and break down the players that are, are within that right after these messages. All right, so we're back to discuss picks 9 through 1 in the redraft of the 2015 NHL draft. Um, now, a lot of the players mentioned here, if not all of them, are elite players or top-line players uh, and are in that range. So most of us have already seen them quite a lot and know a bit about them, uh, but I'm still going to go through some of them and, and sort of break down their games for you. So the ninth overall pick in the 2015 uh, redraft is the eighth overall pick in the original draft uh, by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that is Zach Wierenski. So Wierenski, for me, is the best defenseman in this class. He was the third defenseman to be drafted after Noah Hannafin uh, and Ivan Provorov. But for me, he's just outshone them so clearly so far. He's just an elite defenseman, someone who's going to just drive offensive results for your team, but also shut down the best elements on the opposite uh, team with regularity, uh, night in and night out. Um, the value that he offers here at ninth overall, I mean, I had uh, there was an internal debate for me in terms of whether he should be ranked higher above the, the two or three names ahead of him. But for me, um, those forwards just outshine him by a bit. Um, so for me, he stays at ninth overall. I think he's comfortable in that range, but definitely the best defenseman for me of this class uh, in 2015. Moving on from Morensky, we've got the eighth overall pick, who was originally drafted 17th overall uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. It's Kyle Connor. For me, he's one of the best and most consistent goal scorers in the NHL, bar none. He's a great skater. He's a threat from everywhere. He can drive results for his line uh, consistently and off the rush, especially if you give him an inch of space um, to skate into and, and, and pull off a shot, you're in danger. Uh, he's also really good from the half wall on the power play. Just a very versatile scorer. With He also has a, a playmaking touch, which is pretty impressive, but mainly it's the goal scoring that puts him up here. Again, goal scoring is the toughest thing to do in the NHL, and he does it with a level of consistency that's unmatched. Um, then after Kyle Connor, we've got the seventh overall selection in the redraft, the 16th overall pick in the original uh, 2015 NHL draft. and That is Matt Barzal from the New York Islanders. Barzal, to me, is a top three transition player in the NHL. I think the only two centers that are better in transition than him are Jack Hughes and the first overall pick in this draft. I, I, don't, I don't think it's really a spoiler. It's Connor McDavid. Um, but for me, he's, just, he's an elite skater. He's an elite playmaker. He's going to give you results night in, night out. Um, he's been struggling offensively as of late, and he does have his, his, his dry spells, which, why, which is why he isn't higher in this draft. But if I were to bet 
money on one forward to get the puck from the defensive zone to the offensive zone in in, in possession. Um, he's one of the players I think of immediately. So that's why he's ranked this high. And yeah, he was one of the players that was selected immediately after the three picks that Boston had. So it was Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat, the three players who were selected after um, Jake DeBrusque, Zach Senishin, and Jakob Zaborl by the Boston Bruins. So they did not do a good job there. Uh, three elite players selected right after their picks. So Moving on from pick seven to pick six, um, the sixth overall player in this redraft uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes, that's 35th overall pick in the draft, Sebastian Ajo. Ajo, to me, is the be- one of the most valuable centers in the NHL for how versatile and and complete he is. There are very few elements of his game that are lacking, if any. Um, he's great defensively. He's a tremendous goal scorer. He can be a threat from the half wall or in tight or, or from afar. Um, great playmaking touch. He understands the ice really well, sees his teammates, um, understands their routes and plays pucks into them exceptionally well. There's just so much to like about Sebastian, Sebastian Ajo, and he barely, barely missed out on the top five for me. Uh, but yeah, he's he's one of the most valuable players in this uh, draft, and he was selected outside of the first round, which is really outstanding. Um, you know, that just speaks to how deep this draft was. There were some blunders in the first round, as I just mentioned, with the Bruins and, and other teams into as well, such as the Canadians. Um, but to get a, a an elite player outside of the top thirty, it really just speaks to how good this draft was. Moving on to pick number five. From the Buffalo Sabres, the second overall pick in the original draft and uh, the fifth pick in this redraft is Jack Eichel. Eichel, to me, his production hasn't been up to par uh, before this season. He's been doing pretty well this year, but for me, it's just he's got an elite skill set. I don't think he is... uh, I don't think he outplays the the four players that I have ahead of him uh, at this moment, but for me, you know, he's one of... He's a type of center you can build a franchise around um and the the Vegas Golden Knights have invested a lot of picks and prospects and players in getting elite talent I think they've done a good job with Eichel with what they gave up but um there's still that question about production to me it hasn't reached the level that I think it can so that's why the the players ahead of him um are ahead of him uh, but there's an argument to be made between picks two and five that were pretty interchangeable. You'll see they're pretty tight and pretty close in terms of, of strengths and value. Um, but for me, Eichel is the fifth pick so far. Then the fourth overall pick in the 2015 redraft, the 10th overall pick in the original 2015 draft of the Colorado Avalanche is Miko Rantanen. Rantanen for me is an elite playmaker with a power forward streak, and you can't find that combination anywhere. And that's why he's ahead of Jack Eichel and Sebastian Ajo. It's just the 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 specialness of his profile. It's just so different as a prospect than what we what we're used to seeing uh, from NHL forwards, especially you know big guys like him. He's you know six five, two hundred ish pounds, and doesn't look like it at all. He skates like the wind. He he is just exceptional with the puck. His skill set is outstanding. He can score goals. He can he can thread passes through the tiniest of holes. He's just an excellent player overall, and that's why he's just ahead of of Eichel and Aho for me. It's just the you know how how good he is and how special his profile is. It's just a type of player you can't really find uh on the free agent market it's not the type of player that you can you know quantify a lot of what he does he's just so exceptionally good moving on from pick four to pick three uh the the third player in the 2015 uh redraft was the fourth overall pick in the original draft and that is mitch marner of the toronto maple leafs 
Marner for me, he's in the same category as Ranton and Eichel for me. They were really interchangeable and I had some doubts about who goes first and all that. But for me, Marner's production puts him over the edge. Yes, he has a tremendous center in Austin Matthews to compliment him. But man, Marner is just, he's an elite player as well. His vision, his, his playmaking, I don't think there's... I don't think I can count many players in the NHL who have better playmaking than Mitch Marner. There's a reason he works so well with Austin Matthews, and it's because he can find the smallest of seams and exploit them. He can open up ice for himself to, to thread passes through. He can play pucks behind his back. Um, he's got eyes in the back of his head. It's just his his playmaking skill set is next to none. And on top of that, he's one of the best skaters in the NHL. So he offers a lot of value offensively. I don't think he's the best offensive player, but... The offensive, the elite offensive, you know, skill set that he brings and the production that he's had so far in his career just place him above those two players for me so far. Then we get into the top two, and this might surprise you a bit, but the second overall pick in the 2015 redraft was the 135th overall pick in the original 2015 draft, and that is Kirill Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild. For me, what Kaprizov has shown so far in his young, you know, short career after coming over from uh, Russia, you know, in his mid 20s, he's just shown that he's one of the best players in the NHL. He's an elite skater, an elite stick handler, an elite shooter, and an elite playmaker. He can do it all. And for me, that's invaluable when you're looking at a skill set from a player. Kaprizov just, he has everything you could ask for from, from a winger. Um, and even from a center, he offers some defensive value as well. He does some some good things in his own zone. Great transition player. He's one of the best at getting pucks to the net and doing good things with it in the offensive zone. I mean, what more could you ask from an elite player? For me, he's the second best prospect from his draft, and it's just outstanding to me that he slipped 135th. The Russian factor should not be as big of a factor as it is, and we've seen it even more accentuated in the uh, 2022 draft. Um, you have players like Gleb Cherkozov and Vladimir Grudinin and a lot of other very good Russian prospects who slipped much further than they should have and that might might you know make their teams look like geniuses just because they took a chance on a Russian um, and, and sort of ignored the Russian factor. So that's outstanding to me. And then, naturally, the first overall pick in the 2015 draft, I don't think this is any surprise, is Connor McDavid. McDavid is a generational, era-defining, franchise-changing center. Um, and to me, he's probably the most dominant player in recent NHL history. And what I mean by that is he, he might not be the best ever, but for me, the, the difference between him and the next best player, who I think is Austin Matthews, it's huge. Um, it's you know it's different than, for example, in Crosby's era, because Sidney Crosby had Alex Ovechkin nipping at his heels constantly, and there's still a debate to this day about who's better between the two. But you ask Maple Leafs fans, and most of the sane ones will tell you that McDavid is, is by far a better player. I don't think there's anyone that comes even close to McDavid's skill set um, in the recent era of the NHL. So for me, I mean, obviously there's no doubt about him, but for me, in, in terms of the history of the NHL, I don't think I can name you uh, many players who, who were as dominant in their era as McDavid is in his own. So by far the best player of this draft. But that's it for the redraft of the 2015 NHL draft. Thank you very much for listening. If you like what you've heard, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and follow along on your favorite podcasting platform to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. Um, and there will be a second upload today, uh, a bit of bonus content for you guys. Um, it's a controversial subject, so I'm warning you. Um, it, it might, you know, ruffle some feathers. 
but I think it's an important discussion that we need to have within, uh, you know, scouting circles. So again, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.